I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. I am sitting here in my big, manly, comfortable, black leather papa chair in my living room after a very satisfying day. Went to get my driver's license renewed today. They take your picture, and it didn't do me justice because it really looked like me. Well, you know, at least my teeth aren't wrinkled. Anyway, I brought along the picture of George Clooney, and I asked the woman in charge to use that on my license. I said, who'd notice the difference? You know, I, I don't know if you've ever noticed this. If you give your license to somebody because you need that identification, they don't really look at the picture. But she looked at me as if one more word and she were going to put me on the, <laughs> on the terrorist no-fly list. And then they make you sign your name. And see, they printed my grown-up name on the license, Richard Summer. But I signed it with my real name, which is Dick Summer. And I like to be called Dick for a couple of reasons. In today's politically correct world, the word Dick gets a little attention, and I like attention. A little bit put off, actually, when people call me Richard. Sister Mary Knucklebuster used to call me Richard in grammar school. Richard, what are you doing? I don't know. I'm seven years old. What do you know? Anyway, when, when my lady wonder wench is angry with me, she calls me Richard. Richard? My lady wonder wench had a little parrot who didn't like me, and he came to understand that when she said Richard... Richard? Like that, it was because she didn't like something. So he started calling everything he didn't like a Richard, including the cat. And telemarketers usually ask for Richard because that's the name of the phone bill. So I, I kind of tend to think of Richard as some guy that I really don't want to know. Mr. Summer is way out of line for me because I am, as you know, a Louis Louis lad whose calendar years have substantially outnumbered my maturity level years. And I've always kind of taken to heart the words of Big Louie, his own bad self, the chief mustard cutter of the Louie Louie generation. And Louie says, the more seriously you take yourself, the funnier you look. So I, I like to think of myself as Dick, and that's usually how I sign my name. The word Dick is short, it's to the point, it gets attention. I was Dicky when I was a kid because my father's name was also Dick, so I was Dicky. And mom and dad still called me Dicky when I became a grandfather. I kind of like it. My brothers and a couple of my cousins still call me Dicky sometimes. And, and as I said, to be honest, I really get a kick out of being called Dicky. I liked being a kid. When I had kids of my own, I liked to kid with my kids and now with their kids. I like doing kid things, like uh, pulling the paper off of crayons because they smell nice, or pushing a straw through a very thick chocolate milkshake, and building a snow fort the way we used to build them in the holy city of Brooklyn when I was a kid. I haven't done that in a long time. 
See, when the snowplow came down the block in those days, it just pushed big piles of snow over to the curb. So we kids just dug down in the middle of the snow pile. And when the, the bad guys from up the street rammed the fort with their sleds, all they got was a mouthful of snow. <laughs> and it wasn't always completely white snow because there were a lot of dogs in the neighborhood. <laughs> I always loved the smell of flowers drifting through a screen door in an August thunderstorm when I was a kid and sliding back and forth in a bathtub to mix the hot water with a, with a cooler water in the back and tinker toys and erector sets and popcorn and stickball and, and, and kick the can. <laughs> I had a great kidhood. I really loved the 60s when we all acted like kids, you know. For no particular reason, I made up a little ditty about the 60s. It went like this. It was the Beatles and the Stones, JFK and Teddy. It was mini skirts and ice cream cones, Louie Louie and Going Steady. <laughs> I think mini skirts were one of the best things that ever happened in the 60s. They were short, they were to the point, and they got your attention. It's like the word dick. But... The nicest skirt I ever saw in the 60s was a pleated wool plaid skirt that my lady Wonder Wench wore when I first met her. Now, maybe it wasn't actually the, the skirt that got my attention. I'm not sure. Anyway, I liked it even more later on when uh, she wore spaghetti straps, too. That was unbelievable. Turned my testosterone spigot to the flood position. Louis. Of course, the politically correct forces for good in the community, huff and puff, they call that kind of thing sexist. To which I hereby give those folks the words of Big Louie, who quite reasonably always says, if the Lord hadn't meant for us to be sexist, how come he gave us sex? Six details, a bunch of totally unimportant stuff for you to stuff in one ear so you can squeeze the important stuff that's keeping you awake at night out the other ear and you can nod off comfortably to sleep. Lots of towns are named for physical discomforts. There's Bellyache, South Carolina. There really is. Look it up. Appendicitis Hill, Idaho. Sore Fingers, Arizona. And much to the chagrin of the politically correct forces for good in the community, right near where I live in Pennsylvania, there is a town called Blue Balls. It's about 10 miles east of Intercourse, Pennsylvania. That's a fact. Look it up. Most astronauts and most strippers are the firstborns in their families, proving that there are different meanings to the statement, I'm taking off. The smart guys in the white lab coats at Sweden's Institute of Molecular Cryogenics, C-R-Y-T-O-G-E-N-E-T-I-C-S, cryogenetics, I guess, huh? Anyway, those smart guys have crossed human cells with some carrot cells. I'm sitting here scratching my head, and the only reason that I could think of for anybody to do that, cross carrot cells with human cells, is to see if they can artificially produce candidates for the U.S. Congress. I liked being a kid, and I liked kidding around with my kids and their kids. It's part of uh, why I like being called Dick instead of Richard, I guess. 
I was a lucky little kid. I grew up in a family that worked hard and played hard and loved hard, and, and they respected dreams. I was around eight years old, and I started dreaming about being the guy talking on the radio. And uh, not too much later, I started dreaming about a beautiful woman, you know, the kind who wore a uh, wool-pleated skirt and spaghetti straps because she knew that I liked them. And then I, I dreamed of writing books and hypnotizing people and flying my own airplane. And all those dreams came true. Sometimes wonder if I would have gotten to do those things in actuality if I hadn't dreamed about them first. I think there is a magic in dreams. If it weren't for dreams, a baby's birth would mean only pain. New Year's Eve would be just another black winter night, and we wouldn't even bother to light Christmas. If it weren't for dreams, we'd lose faith in God and Santa Claus and any love that lasts for a very long time. Some dreams drive your eyes and hands and insides, bending your life into shape. Others just toss you around the bed, tying sheets around you and dropping you over mined cliffs, falling for hours without hitting bottom. And there are dreams that just wake you with a smile. Somehow the word dreamer has become an accusation. But what's wrong with grown-ups walking together through lawn sprinkler puddles on a summer night, leaving wet footprint designs in the warm cement? Or walking on railings? Or staying up all night just to see the dawn? We've been legend tellers since we picked those two dandelions that were separated by popsicle sticks and beer cans and bear spots in the park. Cinderella and Rumpelstiltskin have nothing on our story. We turned those dandelions into two enchanted lovers and reunited them forever in a jelly glass on your dresser. Dreamers and dandelions and legend tellers reach for the moon with earth in our hands. We're incense and candle people, moonlight skinny dippers, seashell and magic rock collectors. We're sunshine lovers, piano plunkers, and window shoppers, revolutionaries, and flyers of yellow kites, until we meet someone who recognizes our own special dream, and then we become lovers. If it weren't for dreams, you and I couldn't see clearly enough to trace the footprints on the face of the moon, or watch planets twinkle on and off as they pass between the mountains on her rim. If it weren't for dreams, you and I couldn't touch carefully enough to warm and hold and then soften and harden and thrust and grasp the way we make love. We flow together, boiling in the same water magic that glistens darkly inside the planet, drifting in thin air, glittering the earth with snowflakes, and crushing the edges of continents. Dreams are best when dreamers come in two. But how could couples learn being one if it weren't for dreams? Believe it or not, years before I met her, 
I saw my lady in the dream. She was on her knees, working in the garden, smiling up at me with a little dirt on her face, wearing a muddy apron, she had a little trowel in one hand, and I looked out our back window one day last May, and she was doing exactly that, exactly like I saw her doing in that dream that I had of her so long before we met. If It Weren't For Dreams is from the Love & Touch personal audio CD. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast. Or if you want a fresh copy, just go back to DickSummer.com, download it from the Love & Touch icon on the homepage. I guess there's no question that a Louis Louis generation gentleman like me needs to keep the little kid inside under control. In fact, in my case, it would probably be best to disguise my little Dickie in a wig fake nose and sunglasses and try to get him into the federal problem kid relocation program. My little Dickie is forever going around the tables at the diner and turning those Heinz ketchup bottles upside down because he thinks that's one of the great ideas of the new century. Have you seen those bottles? They have big round pouring spouts so you can store them upside down so you don't have to pound the bottom to get the last little bit of ketchup out. It's brilliant. It's not as brilliant as miniskirts, but it is brilliant. Leave little Dickie alone, and he would be inclined to buy a can of whipped cream and squirt it into his mouth until it came out his nose. He would play all day with a Lionel train that his lady Wonderwench got him for Christmas this year. Or with his uh, new Red Rider BB gun. Or his little four-seat airplane. Obviously not how a Louis Louis generation grandfather is supposed to act. But actually, when I have to, I can put on a pair of cufflinks, go to a business lunch to answer a client's objection to my latest commercial, while I adroitly make a perfect spaghetti ball by twirling it on my fork with a spoon behind it. You ever do that? I can even answer when the licensed woman calls me Richard. <laughs> but there are limits. I know I can't fake it and act like Richard for too long because... I know what's going to happen if I do. My little Dickie's just going to pop up and laugh out loud. Richard. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths, come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.